don't know. Uh, I was thinking of a new name. I was thinking, you know, jerk-offs who like movies. That works. But I was thinking and, and you have a car alarms. And you have a car alarm in the background mm-hmm. that just goes on and off every once in a while. I like the sound. A car, car alarm as a theme change should work. I mean, yeah, and also I put it at full volume so it deafens people. When so, you so you have like a car alarm going off, and then as soon as it goes off, it's like, get back here! We are the jerk offs! <laughs> <laughs> the nasty boys. Is it nasty boys? Jerky boys? Jerky boys. Jerky boys. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, is this the restaurant? Yeah, I was in there a little while ago with my wife. We ate some of those faba beans, and you got me fucking sick there, Charlie. We got guys on the, on the roof hitting each other with hot mops. <laughs> I'll stick my shoes up your ass. I'll feed your nuts to my dog. <laughs> Let's do this. He will feed you nuts to his dogs because we're the McGappin Fries Movie Podcast. Absolutely right. McGappin Fries, here to stay. Officially, the longest running podcast in Malaysian history. It's the only podcast like a Malaysian podcast like a podcast. Like that doesn't have a radio behind it. Yes. You know, that doesn't have like a radio station behind it. When it comes to that, we are the longest running movie related podcast. I you know what? Hell yeah. Cheers. Cheers Cheers. to that. There you go. Boom. Boom. All right. Anyway, thank you for listening. We're not done yet. Oh. <laughs> well, I, I wasn't done with my sentence either. <laughs> Thank you for listening. <laughs> we are a movie podcast. We talk about movies and we review movies. Although um, today, Ian here is going to be flying solo on the uh, movie review side. So Gavin will probably go for a piss while I do the reviews. That's so right. That's right. He's Gavin. Quantum I mean, of Solace, anyone? Yeah. That was it, right? That was Quantum of Solace. Um, so this episode of McGavin Fries is proudly brought to you by Green Room 136. Green Room 136 for all of your wallet, bag, and other needs. You can get all these uh, bags and more at greenroom136.com who are also giving us uh, two custom-made, exclusive, Man of Steel pocketbook slims to give away. This is your last chance to enter. The next podcast will have the winners on it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you can email us. The question will be later. You can remember the question, right? Yep, yep. Uh, the question will be later, and you email us in at podcast at McGevinFries. Your answer. That's right. That's right. You should check these things out. Uh, they're really, really cool. Very cool. On this show, I'll be, I'll be reviewing Inside Out, Hitman Agent 47, What We Do in the Shadows, and we'll do a little piece on local movie, Salvage, which will be available to see this Merdeka on Astro. Yep, yep. Uh, I mean, I, I can help you out with that review. I've yeah. seen it as well. And you're in it. And I'm in it, so yeah, I should be able to talk about it. I, I'll even be able to give you some behind-the-scenes nuggets yeah. of some shit that went down. So this Malaysian Independence Day, it'll be on uh, 7 p.m. with Sundance TV. That's Astro Channel 483. Yeah, you should check it out. It's a good little short film. Yeah. And Gavin's in it. Yeah. <laughs> Other people are in it, too. Yeah. <laughs> so... Before we get started, how was your first art gallery show? 
That's right. That's right. Um, for those of you who uh, don't know, and I'm guessing that's everyone. I'm guessing a lot of you don't know. I mean, if you listen to the show, because we never really talked about it on the show. We forgot. Um, I recently curated my first art show. It was called "Are We Lost: A Search for Malaysian Pop Culture." Um, it was held at Studio Two Six Seven in Bukit Damansara this past weekend, and it was very, very well received. I was very happy with it. It was very cool. Um, it was six artists: uh, Michael Chua, Lefty, Kenji Chai, Katun. Zamzami, M. Zayn, and Sandra Ku. Each artist did uh, eight pieces, so we had 48 original pieces on, dis- on, uh, on display and for sale. And out of the 48 designs, I think um, about 35 or 36 were made available as limited edition prints. Mm-hmm. Uh, we will be making the rest of those available as well when I launch my uh, official online store, um, Neon Sauce, in November. So listen and keep listening for updates on that. Yeah, I'll be um, I'll be giving you guys some updates as we go along because there have been some exciting developments uh, that that have been happening since the art show ended. You still have loads of prints left? Uh, yeah, yeah. There's still a lot of prints left. I mean, we Did never you sell out of any of the prints. No, good because no. then I'll get one off you later because well, I forgot to get one. Well, I mean, I don't have the prints on me now. They're all still at the studio. Yeah. Uh, but just tell me what you want, and I'll hook you guys up. Mm. Uh, but I never expected to sell out the prints. I, I mean, we uh, each. Um, you know, each design was a limited edition of 50. Mm-hmm. So we had close to 2,000 prints. Wow. There's no way in hell yeah. <laughs> you're going to sell out 2,000 prints in, in two days. Yeah. Uh, but that was, that was never the plan anyway. Everything that was left over is stock yeah. for the upcoming online store. Cool. So very excited about that. Just um, follow me on Twitter and Instagram, and I will uh, make sure that you get all the updates. Cool. Speaking of posters, uh, did you see that Drew Struzan was interviewed about uh, the new Star Wars movie? Yeah, yeah. After he was done saying that this is quite possibly the best uh, Star Wars ever. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, I, it was funny because, you know, you, you, uh, you read in the, in the online movie sites and they're saying, you know, I've known this guy for a long time and he's not the type of person to stroke someone's balls or whatever. Yeah. That's why he kind of, like, he did poster, he did great, fantastic posters, but... There's a limited set of them. It's not yeah. like he was doing everything. He was doing seemingly everything in the 80s, yeah. but yeah. it kind of slowed down after a bit. I mean, think of your favorite movie posters from the 80s. Chances are a lot of them are Drew Struzan posters. The cool Star Wars covers, Indiana Jones uh, posters, The Back Thing. To the, Back to the Future. Back to the Future. Yeah. Is Goonies his as well? I think Goonies is Goonies his. Goonies might be. It's definitely, yeah. Unless it's someone aping his style. Yeah, well, there's also another artist, um, not Drew Struzan. There is another artist that has a similar style as well. I can't remember his name right now. But, uh, yeah, this, this, new, um, this new poster, i got to tell you, <laughs> I'm a little let down by it. Yeah, it's not as iconic. It, it kind of it, it looks like a fan-made poster. Mm, I mean, it's definitely his style, but the thing is, he's seen the movie, so this might make more sense later. Maybe, maybe. I just sort of, I don't know, I just found it very plain. Because it's Finn and, uh, what's the girl's name? Not Daisy Ridley, which sounds like a Star Wars name, but... Yeah, I mean, on, honestly, I don't know. I mean, like, uh, with, with The Force Awakens, I really have been making an effort to not find out anything. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know what people's names are. They keep telling me what Adam Driver's name is, but I can't fucking remember it. Kylo Ren. You know, I mean, it's just like, I'm sick to death of okay. these fucking names. He's in the background, know. but it has uh, Daisy Ridley I, I in the f- middle. I, f- I feel like I'm in such a great place right now that I can just look forward to a movie and not give a shit about it <laughs> you know i mean and that's genuinely how i feel about the force awakens yeah i'm really looking i'm really excited about it i'm really excited there's a new star wars movie but i am not going out of my way to try and you know 
figure shit out or, yeah, yeah. or, or know what people's names are. Yeah. Like, a, like you know, at the art show, Leon was like, oh, so, you know, the new, new Star Wars toys come out. I don't give a shit. Yeah, Hasbro's uh, whole catalog was leaked and there's nothing in there that we haven't seen already so far unless they, they managed to, unless it's a controlled leak. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, it does have Harrison Ford down the bottom looking just awkward as usual. Yeah. And again, it's still a little uncomfortable to see old Han. Yeah. You know? He's like, is this a gun? Yeah, it's like, oh, I can, I can lift this. I'm not pulling a muscle. No. It's, it's amazing. And it's nice, to, it's nice to get one of the evaporators. What the, time is pudding? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wouldn't so, it be awesome that moment in the trailer where he says, Chewie, we're home. And they're not. And it's just Chewie's like, Ugh. Oh, shit. He says this everywhere. Yeah, for God's sake. It, it, it would be great if that was it. <laughs> they're in the toilet. Chewie, we're home. There's so many dream scenes that you wish that could happen there. You know, it's like if you have like a scene between fucking Luke Skywalker and Han Solo, where Luke Skywalker is still just kind of fucked up. That is like, shit, I was in love with my sister. Yeah. And now you're fucking her. <laughs> <laughs> or even better, like he broke up with her afterwards, and it's like, you prick. Yeah. I can't talk to you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't talk to you. She was just here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Layers in the back, like listening in. It's like Luke, don't you dare fucking take his side. <laughs> you know. And again, Chewie's in the middle, just like eyes to heaven, constantly going like, "Why do I put up with this shit?" <laughs> that would, you know, <laughs> the robot chicken version. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that, that that Hasbro thing did leak, and I saw something about Hasbro. We're going to do like, it's around the world. They're like doing live broadcasts of revealing shows per hour per country or some shit like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I didn't even put the, the details in the show notes because it was just like, ugh, no yeah. good. Yeah, but going back to the poster, I mean, I was, I was a little disappointed. I was super excited when uh, when I saw the heading. It's like, check out the new Drew Struzan yeah. poster for Force Awakens, and yeah, I was just, I just, you know, a little underwhelmed by it's it. It's a little cramped. I'm wondering whether it's part of a bigger piece that might be cooler. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, like, I thought that the posters he did for the prequels were better. Mm. You know? Yeah. But anyway, but I mean, they were the giant heads, right? He has not, that this is all like it's not the usual giant heads over Star Destroyers and X Wings. Yeah. Shit. yeah. The, the X Wings and Tie Fighters are very much in the background. Yeah. Yeah. But so did we'll you see. Those, did you see those Lego kits? No. Mm, it was like the, there's a nice black and orange. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I saw the black and orange one. That looks badass. No, that's cool. As well as the news that uh, apparently key investments over the last decade have not done very well but lego kits apparently have tripled and quadrupled in value so you're better off putting your money in legos than you are in certain stocks you know that doesn't surprise me i mean lego is just lego is gonna outlive everything yeah and some of the lego play sets that have been coming out over the last five five years or so are amazing and they're all limited edition like they're all relatively limited edition they don't make once they finish making them they don't they rarely go back and make more yeah that's true that's so true. that's why they've held the value yeah yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to see how long you could go. Uh, uh, you did you catch up on all the Flash yet? Uh, just the first season. No, just the first season. Has the second season started? No, but you've seen Jay Garrick's hat. Yes, I've yeah. seen Jay Garrick's hat. Fucking love Jay Garrick's hat. <laughs> I can't wait to see what they do with Jay Garrick's. No, hat. I mean the the flash you know it's it's hard if you're a comic book fan it's hard not to like it's it it's so it, it so nails that tone like again we were talking yeah. before the show about the fantastic 4 it nails that fun comic booky feel without being the fantastic 4 yeah yeah no it, it really does nail the t- i mean like if you want to talk about like the best fa- you know they they made a great fantastic 4 movie it was called the incredibles yes 
you know. Um, and, and they're the, making another one. Yeah, and they're making another one. But in The Incredibles prove that you can make a good Fantastic Four movie. Yeah, you just mix it up a bit. Yeah, you know, you and just you, and you put um, what's his name? Here's uh, a crazy, Jason Lee in it. Here's a crazy thought: Stay true to the comic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, it's not rocket science, but but yeah, coming back to the Flash, I mean, I what I really love about the Flash is just yeah, you're right. They nailed the tone. It is a com it it embraces its comic book roots very lovingly. Um, of course, it still has that bullshit soap opera crap. Yeah. That you know, it's like you know, it's like the amount of times I need to watch any kind of show like this where a scene starts with someone saying, "Thought I'd find you here," you know, and it's like no one ever can find this fucker. Yeah. But this bitch always knows where he is. He's always drinking a latte. Yeah, a JJ and, Jitters or whatever the fuck yeah, it's called. You know, wh wh whatever, wh whatever the fuck it's called. Yeah. You know, I mean, I I enjoy I enjoy the Flash a hell of a lot more than I enjoy Arrow. Yeah. A Arrow's just, you know, I mean, it's it's so much darker, and I mean, it, that was definitely with the Flash. They found their feet with Arrow. Yeah. And they're now going to go into Green Arrow, so that like that'll move probably closer towards the tone of the Flash. They've been getting there slowly. It's just trash. <laughs> yeah, it's great trash. Yeah, it's great trash. It's trash and abs. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, um, how many times do I have to watch this guy work out? That fucking what do you call that thing with the bars know, where you're doing that ladder thing? I'm, Jesus I'm you know, I'm, I'm looking at that. I'm like, I can do that. Yeah, I saw the, someone put a clip of that I, American I, Ninja show of this five foot ten woman doing yeah. that, and I was just like, "That ain't much. I can do that shit. Yeah, it's easy. It's easy." <laughs> <laughs> well, for Flash and Arrow fans, uh, the CW has released the first four minute uh, episode of the new animated show based kind of in the same universe, uh, Vixen, mm -hmm. and it stars uh, Stephen Amell as Arrow and Grant Gustin. Is it the guy you don't like as Flash? Grant Gustin, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it has their voices in it as well. So the first clip is online. I haven't had a chance to watch it yet. We'll put the link in the show notes. Um, they're thinking if this does well, she could turn up in the show. I don't mind Grant Gustin as the Flash as long as he doesn't get emotional. Once he starts, once he starts getting bitching emotional, and bitching and moaning, he's just got one of those faces where you're just like, you want to hit him, man. I want, I want, I want Ollie Queen to come over here and fucking beat the shit out of this just guy. Tell him, Flash, you failed the city. Yeah. <laughs> Stop moaning. <laughs> But, I mean, this show, it could be good. I mean, considering they're already putting Hawkgirl in the Legends of Tomorrow show. and I'm looking forward to Legends of Tomorrow. That, I mean, that, that, that looks pretty badass. Yeah, and it's such a goofy idea. I mean, it is them traveling through time trying to stop. What's you got name? You, know, you got Dominic Purcell yes. doing his best acting. <laughs> his you know, best acting. Acting is like... Ugh. But he's one of the joys of that show because he's just... No, I love it. Yeah. I love it. No, I mean, it's like there are certain actors who are just bad. Yeah. But they're, but they're, they're great to watch. As they call and it, he's one of them. Dominic Purcell is one of those actors is like, like Blade 3. He gets so much shit for, the, for, the, for his portrayal as Dracula. I thought he was amazingly, horribly awesome. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I loved it. If you ever listen to Holly, Kevin Smith's Hollywood Babylon, they have a section, what they call it, it's, it's but when bad acting becomes so bad. It's exquisite. Yeah, He's you know, a, he is every every uh, performance is exquisite. Actually, for the, for the same reason, I will always be a Nicolas Cage fan. Yeah, because even when Nicolas Cage is bad, it's like God. It's like a, it's like it's like a Big Mac that's just come out of the oven. Yeah. You, know, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like I, I I'm cursing myself after, but God, I'm I'm enjoying it. <laughs> <laughs> There's very few people that can make bad acting look good. Yeah. You know, it's like, you know, again, even like with Keanu Reeves, like there are times when he's got those scenes where you know he's out of his depth. Yeah. But dude's going for it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he does have that school. He does come from that school of acting. It's like, um, 
I think the best thing to do right now is to talk louder. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm back in the game. Yeah, you know, I think I'm back. I'm thinking I'm back. Yeah. You know, and it's like even though you know it's hokey, you're just like fucking. Awesome. Hey, this is awesome. Well, I can't wait for part two. Or just you know, insert a scene of him randomly screaming at the screaming at the camera from Man of Tai Chi. Yeah, that yeah. was awesome. It was great. In Johnny Mnemonic, it's got some of the best acting I've ever seen. I want room service. <laughs> I want the club sandwich. I want the cold Mexican beer. <laughs> I want a ten thousand dollar a night hooker. <laughs> and then he gets quiet. But and he does that. He gets quiet. It's like after that, he just starts touching himself. He's like, I want my shirts laundered. <laughs> <laughs> it's beautiful. You remember far too much of that awful movie. Oh, I've been I've been I've been trolling eBay. I want to buy like a a Johnny Mnemonic theatrical poster. Oh, nice! I saw I found this great one. It's just him, like I don't know, shot on a lo- shot on a, bur- a low angle, and he's looking down at the camera. And then the tagline is "Meet the ultimate hard drive." <laughs> <laughs> With the same charisma to boot. <laughs> to boot, get it? Boot drive. To boot, yeah. To boot. To boot. Uh, moving on. Um, Got mine in Singapore. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy news of the week. Um, so a lot of English people got together on Indiegogo, the crowdfunding site. English uh, people are insane, by the way. They are. They're looking to raise $1.85 to build Minas Tirith from Lord of the Rings. Billion. One billion. That's what I said, right? Uh, yes. Yeah. Billion, yes. They're going to raise that. They have to raise that in 60 days. <laughs> uh, they're currently at 80, They're currently at 83,105 pounds. One point eight. Yeah, it's not gonna it's happen. It's not gonna happen. You may fold under questioning. <laughs> <laughs> but, it's I mean, not gonna happen. The fun part of this is that almost immediately an alternate uh, Indiegogo popped up, which was destroy Minas Tirith, which is all written in Orcish. So, like, as loyal servants of the Dark Lord, we cannot allow this to happen. Join me in gnashing your teeth and stamping your feet. Your goal will buy many pointy and shiny things, which we can stick the humans with. It's just ridiculous. The whole thing is fucked. It's completely fucked, <laughs> but it's fun. Uh, other news uh, we talked about Star Wars earlier but uh, I didn't even know Mads Mikkelsen is in Rogue One yes did you see the, the, the screenshot or the yes, photo from yes, Rogue yes, One yes, looks pretty fucking cool looks pretty badass yeah now, it's, 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 it's bizarre but in a weird way I'm more, more excited I'm more interested in Rogue One yeah. than I am Force Awakens like I mean uh, my interest in Force Awakens is very nostalgic yeah it's purely nostalgic and if the original three weren't in it if, if, if Han, Leia, yeah. and Luke weren't in it, I'm not so sure that I'd be as interested. Yeah. You know? And, and, and they better not fucking kill any of these people off. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, I was talking to a guy, I was talking about a, I was talking to a guy about this the other day, and he's like, oh, you know they're gonna. You know, I'm like, no. Yeah. No, fuck that. There's no reason for it. It's like, it's passing the torch. I'm like, fuck that. Yeah. You know, I mean. Hold on to that. Pry that. Don't let them pry that torch out of their cold, it. dead don't, hands. Don't do it on the first fucking movie. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, I mean, I'm not saying you can't do it, but wait a while. Ooh. Jesus Christ. You know, I mean. You, heard, you mean it's, it, Han, was it Han was supposed to die attacking the second Death Star? And that was awful, so don't do that. I think even uh, Lando was supposed to die attacking the yeah, second Death don't Star. Do don't that. do that. Nobody wants yeah. to see any of these people die. No. You know, I Especially mean, if they're just crossing the starport to get to the Millennium Falcon and... Leia fucking stops to tire her shoelace, Luke stops, and then they're hit by a fucking bus. I mean, it makes sense, like, if you were going to kill off any of them, 
it would probably be Luke. Yeah. Because you know he'll he'll just be this series's Obi Wan. Yeah. You know, and but but then you know come back as a fucking blue ghost. Yeah. Spectre. As a space ghost. <laughs> as a space ghost. <laughs> coast to coast. They can somehow have conversations with motherfuckers. Mm. <laughs> I wouldn't do that. But yeah, so Mad Mickelson is also in Rogue One, and he's not playing a bad guy. Apparently. It's like that bullshit in Jedi where like Luke's all like, "You fucking lied to me." No, I didn't lie to you. Yeah. You know, and he's like, you know, he ceased, you know, he ceased to be Anakin Skywalker and became Darth Vader. Yeah. So, so, techni- also, so technically, I wasn't lying. And Luke's just like, "You fuck." Okay. Yeah. Yeah. What actually happened was George Lucas lied to me in the first movie. That's right. That's right. Yeah. The also, I'm the a- only reason I'm back here is because I'm making a valiant fortune out of these toys. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if there's one thing we learned from the prequels, it's that Obi-Wan Kenobi and all Jedi are massive pricks. Mads Mikkelsen has got to just, like, beat the shit out of someone in Rogue One. <laughs> and he's got to do it without a shirt. Yeah, <laughs> and he's got to eat them. And he's got to have paint on him. <laughs> yeah. Have you been watching Hannibal? Huh? Have you been watching Hannibal? No, I don't watch TV. I haven't. I don't watch TV, man. <laughs> I, don't, I don't watch TV. I, I hear it's good, but I haven't watched it yet either. No, I hear it's very good, actually. And I actually do want to watch it because <laughs> I got, there's a ton of actors in there I like. Yeah. Gillian Anderson, Lawrence Fishburne. Don't hit the table. But yeah, so Mads Mikkelsen's in it, uh, and what's his name? Benicio Del Toro's up for episode eight. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of sequels, uh, Winona Ryder apparently has been allowed to say that uh, they are going now ahead with Beetlejuice 2. Winona Ryder has been allowed to say this many times. Has she? <laughs> yeah, she's, this, is not, this is not anything new. She's, oh. she's been saying this every chance she gets. <laughs> you know? And every time she says the same fucking thing, well, you know, it's quite, you know, it's right now, it's very P and C, but yeah. blah, 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 blah. Well, apparently the P's, the P's and C's I'll believe last. it. I mean, Tim Burton has said that he wants to do it. Yeah. But I ain't, I ain't going to believe shit until Michael Keaton... Is in the, whi- in the white suit. Is in, you know, un- until Michael Keaton, you know, like, uh, publicly says, yes, I'm, 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 I'm reprising the role of Beetlejuice. Yeah. Until then... It's nothing. Yeah. Because it is one of those movies that, you know, it's like Bill and Ted. You'd love to see a sequel... But, but also, they could easily they fuck could it up. They could easily fuck it up. What was the original plan they had? Beetlejuice Spe- goes on holiday or something? Be- Beetlejuice goes to Hawaii. Hawaii. <laughs> yeah. But speak, speaking they of... They should have just crossed it over with speak, uh, Weekend of, of Bernie's. Uh, speaking of uh, Michael Keaton. Mm-hmm. Michael Keaton's got a, a new movie coming out in November mm-hmm. uh, called Spotlight, which is based on a true story. It takes about about the uh, the Boston clergy where they uh, expose the Catholic Church as being a bunch of pedos. Uh-huh. Right? But the cast... The cast is to die for. It's Mark Ruffalo, Michael Keaton, Rachel McAdams, Lee, Shri- Lee Schreiber, John Slattery, and Stanley Tucci. Mm. I swear to God, when we review this movie, we have to refer to Mark Ruffalo as the Hulk. Yes. We must refer to Michael Keaton either as Birdman or Batman. Rachel McAdams must be referred to as the character she's probably going to play in Doctor Strange. Right. Lee Schreiber is Sabretooth. John Slattery is fucking Howard, 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 Stark. Howard Stark. Or um, what's his name from Mad Men? Yep. And Stanley Tucci is that fucking guy he plays in the Hunger Games. Yeah. With the huge teeth. Or else he gave me the German guy from Captain America. I mean, like, the first time I saw Stanley Tucci was in a really shitty Dennis Quaid, Kathleen Turner movie called Undercover Blues. And oh, he, yeah. And he was playing a guy called Morte. Oh, fuck, yes. And Dennis Quaid kept going, well, Mer- it's nice to meet you, Morty. Morty. And it's like, no, Morte, death. <laughs> Isn't there one thing about... Merit as well, they keep calling him, which is shit, right, in French? No, no they, like, his name is... Isn't Merit is shit in his, French? His, yes, but his name is Morte, like, yeah. death in yeah. Spanish. I know. And, and, he, and Dennis Quaid keeps calling him Morty. Yeah. 
and he gets and he, and he's like he gets on the, progressively more and more on hinge as the movie goes on. On the phone, he's like, "I'm gonna come for Joel, and I'm, <laughs> and I'm gonna kill Joel." <laughs> it's the worst accent you've ever heard. Yeah, in your that, life. that movie's awful. It's an awful movie. Yeah, Dennis Quaid, what have you done? Uh, yeah. Have you seen that shit that he did with Ellen DeGeneres, where he goes into Morty or no Dennis Quaid, no. where he goes into like a, a Starbucks or a coffee bean, and he's got an earpiece, and Ellen DeGeneres tells him. Oh what yes, yes. This and is he's just like, you know, Dennis Quaid wants a coffee. Yes, I've seen that. That's brilliant. Hi, my name's Dennis Quaid. I was nominated for a Golden Globe. <laughs> In the middle of a fucking Starbucks. <sighs> <laughs> Um, there's not much other news, but we do have some sad news. Which I'll wait until you, your parents. Oh, no, we actually have another one. So Steve McQueen's a great director. Yes. Interestingly, he's doing a BBC show next. Uh-huh. Why is this sad news? This isn't sad news. I'm going to skip it over because your in-laws walked in. Oh, right, right, right. right. Um, so, he, I, didn't, I mean, it's interesting he's doing TV next. Like, I mean, he did an Oscar. Did 12 Years of Slave got Oscars, right? Yes, it did. Yeah. I mean, it was Oscar bait, but. Hi. Hi. Um, Say Hi. You say hi. <laughs> you can say hi. You can say hi. Say hi. Hi. Hey. <laughs> it's not a show unless you say hi, Derek. Um, so apparently it's following a West Indian community in the heart of London across three decades. That's, sounds, that's cool. That's cool. I mean, it but sounds these, a lot like these white, days. It sounds a lot like white teeth, which is interesting because I think Zadie Smith's involved. But these days, though, I mean, making the, you know, going from film to TV and back to TV to film mm. and back again, it's not a big deal. Dave, David, David, David Fincher was, was uh, you know, developing stuff for TV mm -hmm. like House of Cards is David Fincher's thing yeah. he directed the first couple of episodes he's EP on it um, it's it's very normal like Martin Scorsese with Boardwalk Empire yeah. so I mean if David Fincher and Martin Scorsese are going to TV I, it, I don't think it's that big of a deal it's just nice it's going to BBC I mean the BBC they don't quite have the budget of the HBOs of this world and stuff like that and yet it always looks unbelievably well produced yes because it's the, it's, the, it's the Ridley Scott thing about when he was making Blade Runner. He's like, well, in England, we have to work late. They just say, all right, more tea, governor. Mm -hmm. You know, the overtime is not as bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, on to the sad news. So, we've two sad dearly departed. Um, former Batgirl and um, mm -hmm. pinup of my youth. Uh, Yvonne Craig. Yvonne Craig, the original Batgirl of 1966 cartoon, uh, yep. TV show, passed yep. away yep. this week. R rest in peace. She was hot. In that she show. was. She was. I've had a thing for purple ever since. <laughs> It's, I didn't realize she was also in The Man from Uncle as well. Mm. And she was also, she was the Orion slave girl Marta in um, Star Trek as well. Oh, was she? Yeah. I had no idea. I didn't recognize her in green. <laughs> <laughs> the other sad news is, if you remember a while ago, uh, also Batman related, uh, there was this guy who got pulled over by the police driving a Lamborghini, a black Lamborghini. Mm -hmm. And when he got out, he was dressed in full Batman gear. Yeah, he was, he was... Uh he was visiting sick kids and stuff. Yeah. So his name was Leonard Robinson, and unfortunately, um, he was having a problem with his car, and another car hit it, and uh, he just passed away there recently. Mm. So it's sad news, but apparently he was on his way to visit some kids in hospital, and another Batman stepped up to step in to, to fill the mantle of the bat and visit the sick kids and stuff. I mean, it's a really sad story. He was just—he'd made his money. I don't know how he made his money, but he had a badass car, and he just dressed like Batman because kids thought it looked like a Batmobile and was visiting sick kids all over uh, Washington I think was the area yeah no I, I, I read about that it was it was, it was very tragic mm. very tragic doing such good stuff most of this week's show is going to be trailers I think yeah we've seen quite a few trailers yeah start with the big one the fucking Tarantino's Hateful Eight mm -hmm. this looks like Tarantino having so much fun it does it does um, 
I mean, I, I've been excited for this movie ever since they announced the cast. I Did mean, you read the script when it was leaked? No, yeah, no. I, I don't do that. No. I've never, ever read a leaked script. I mean, I don't understand why people do that. Why would you do that? Yeah, you're ruining it for everyone. Yeah, I mean, no, more importantly, you're ruining it for yourself. Yeah, but then you ruin it for everyone when you, t- you need someone else to talk to about it. And you yeah, I know, but you're going to go see this, right? Yeah. I mean, why would you want to do that? You know, I mean, I'll read a script of a, of a like, I'd like to read Max Landis's uh, Fantastic Four script. Mm. You know, I'd be very interested to read that, like, because you know that's never going to get made. You he know? wrote one as well? Yeah, no, he, he pitched Fantastic Four. Oh, okay. Um, I'm surprised there's not a YouTube video about what he was going to do with it. <laughs> yeah, or, or a Twitter rant. Yeah. Uh, but he did release, like, the first, like, uh, 10 pages or something oh, like that. Oh, yeah, I think yeah. I saw something like that. I mean, yeah. what I'm more interested in seeing was, it, what's his Slater? Is that the guy? Jeff Slater is the guy who wrote the original draft of this mm-hmm. Fantastic Four we mm-hmm. got, which had moment. There was someone has read it. Yeah, there was yeah, Moleman in it. There was like Galactus was in it. Yeah, there was a whole yeah. third act that is not in the movie. Yeah. Un- so, so I mean, like something like that, I'd be happy to read something yeah. like uh, like Kevin Smith's original Superman script. I'd like yeah. to, I'd like to read that. But I wouldn't want to read something like this, which you know is going to get made. Yes. You know it's going to get made. And also, it's going to have, it's going to be awesome. Like the trailer alone, just it's a classic setup. It's all these badasses holed up in one house yeah. over a, a snowstorm. Yeah. And uh, Kurt Russell playing fucking Jack Burton by the looks of things. Like, he literally is doing the kind of voice at the set, you know? I mean, Kurt Russell, I, I, like I said, I've been excited about this movie ever since they announced the cast. Mm. And Kurt Russell, to me, is just like, you know, take my money. Yeah. I will watch anything Kurt Russell is in yeah. because he is the king of cool. Yes. You know? Throw into the mix people what? like Samuel Jackson and Walton Goggins and Bruce Dern and, and um, fucking Michael Madsen. And Tim Roth and just Tim having Roth. a whale of a time with a Tim, plummy English accent. You know, I mean, what's not to like? Yeah. It looks so cool. I mean, although having said that, I mean, there is a, you know, I'm I'm fine. I'm looking forward to this. But if what Tarantino says is true, and he's only going to make like ten movies in his career, and then he's going to write books and shit, yeah. if that's actually true, I would like Tarantino to go to go urban again. Yeah, I would like to see him make another kind of Jackie Brown or another Pulp Fiction, or maybe mm. even another kind of like uh, his version of something like what Natural Born Killers would look like in today's society. Mm. You know, I mean, I think that would be really, With really social interesting. social media and I mean, let's not kid ourselves. I mean, like, the guy, is, the guy is a genius, but he does he does play the same song, just yeah. different remixes. You know, so, you know, yeah. He's he, Skrillex. He, he is. He's cinematic yeah, Skrillex. He's cinematic Skrillex. I mean, he is. It's like, you know, he, he gets interested in, in, a, in a certain genre, and he milks it. It started with Kill Bill uh, Volume 2, and then it went into uh, Django Unchained, yeah. and now it's, it's sort of going you know full circle with hateful eight so i do hope that his next film comes back to i would like to see tarantino make a movie about where we are now Mm. i would really like to see him do that because i think he would have something very interesting to say Mm. and you can still do it in his you you know you can still do it in your pulpy you know exploitation kind of way just update it just update it you know i mean i want to know what a tarantino movie what you know what a tarantino movie that takes place today that isn't a throwback. That's taking place in 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 our current time, yeah. With all of the current shit, with you know Twitter and Instagram and all of that shit. And Facebook, Michael Keaton in it, playing the same character as he played Ke- in the other movies. Michael Keaton in it, you know. <laughs> the FBI I, I, guy. What would be great is if Tarantino made a movie that takes place today. It's totally like mo- it's totally um, up to date, totally current, but you just cast it with all of the people from the seventies. So, oh, and the eighties, you know. So get Mark Hamill in there. Get Michael Bean in there. Get fucking. You know Jeff Fahey, you know, like you know, get get all the, you know, just populated with all these motherfuckers, yeah. you know, and yeah, do that. But yeah, this movie looks this, there, this movie looks like a lot of fun. I mean, like the, one of my the best, my favorite bit in the whole thing is when 
is when the hangman says she's gonna hang, and, and she, she does. The, the she does that. Notion. She does that hanging. Hanging. Also, Jennifer Jason Lee looks like she just gets the shit kicked out of her repeatedly in this movie. Every shot of her, she's got a black eye or a bloody nose, and she's grinning through her bloody teeth. Yeah. She just looks like fucking aggro as shit. I'm so glad that she's in this because I'm. I've been a Jennifer Jason Lee fan for a long time. She's awesome in the Hudsucker Proxy. She talks really, really fast. Her, her best Catherine Hepburn impression. My Girl Friday impression. Yeah. Um, a fun thing, I can't remember, I'll put it in the show notes, but there's a podcast, um, some guy in the US does, and it's script notes or something like that. Mm-hmm. And the Comic-Con uh, panel for this is on that. Yeah. And it, Tarantino addresses the 10 movies thing. He's only, done, he's only done so many this decade. He might do a few more this decade, but it was more like he might do a trilogy of Westerns and then he might move, he might do more. He's only done like a couple this decade. So if he keeps on with that rate, you're still going to have movies for quite a long time because it was in response to a question. Yeah. So it's not like we're going to run out anytime soon and he may go, go over it. He doesn't know. Yes. And what, it, what was interesting about that, that podcast as well, because it says at the end, you know, pan, it has a, you know, see it in 70 millimeter glorious Panavision, right? Mm-hmm. They're actually, u- they're using the actual lenses from Ben-Hur, not the same lenses. Oh, the, the actual, actual ones used in Ben-Hur. So when they're like, fitting them to the cameras and they're shooting in all this coal and shit they're like don't fucking break the the lenses lenses. (laughs) but I mean it is one I mean like I know he's got his style but there's a part of me that just really wants me to see him do a film that doesn't rely on the trappings of 70s cinema I was gonna say then maybe he wouldn't be a good fit for episode 9 then (laughs) Quentin Tarantino's Star Wars episode 9 probably not but who wouldn't see that yeah you know, and, and, you know, I'd like to see Tarantino do a comic book movie. I'd like to see Tarantino do Silver Surfer. Yes. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, wh- why not? You know, uh, it's just one of those, it's just one of those things where it's like, you've proven that you can do these fucking movies. Yeah. Try so, something new. You know, you, no one's telling you to water your, water yourself down, mm. but you don't, you don't always have to make your movie look like it was from the period of films in which you grew up loving. Yeah. You know, you can make a movie that takes place today and people will go. Yeah. You know, and I think people would be really interested to hear, to see what you have to say. About, the same about as Pulp Fiction was when it came out. No, but even Pulp Fiction was... I mean, the style was Pulp, but the time was now. Yeah. It just the was, ti- now, it it was, was time. It was timeless. Yeah. It, it wasn't taking place in any particular time yeah. or anything. You know, and that was part of its appeal because it was fresh back mm, then. Yeah. Whereas now we've kind of gotten used to the whole sort of like, oh, Inglorious Technicolor. Is it really? Yeah. Is it like really? You know, we get it. Yeah. You know, I want to. You know, I want to see what happens if you shoot a movie the way Rodriguez shoots a movie. Mm. You know, and and he put like like that scene that he uh, guest directed in Sin City. Mm. You know, shows that it's just as good. Yeah. You know. So it looks fun more than anything else. It looks like a lot of fun. Another thing I'd like to see him do is I'd like to see him write something for someone else, like, you know, True Romance. Yeah. Well, he's supposed to direct True Romance, Tro- True Romance originally, but the deal for Pulp Fiction came through quicker, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, taking it back in the day again, uh, the tra- first trailer for Dad's Army yeah. popped up. This, this movie looks like a piece of shit. You didn't like it? I mean... Do you remember the show? I remember the show. I liked it for about... 20 seconds. Was that with Michael Gambon in it? The bit with Michael Gambon? No, I mean, once you get over the fact, like, hey, hey, Dad's Army, all right, yeah. Mm. But... At the end of the trailer, you realize that's it. I have no interest in actually watching the full movie. <laughs> it's like it was fun to watch the trailer. It's 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 mildly amusing that somehow someone has forked out money yeah. to make a dad's army movie, and it's mildly it's a mildly amusing trailer, and you, it's kind of interesting to see that Catherine Cedar Jones has gotten to that point in her in her career where 
um, she's attractive to men of Michael Gambon's age. Yeah. You know, <laughs> where they're kind of like oogling at her and all of like the teenagers who watch the trailer are like, huh? Why are they all looking at your mom? It's like, don't be so pants. Yeah. <laughs> like, why did he say that? Why did he say don't be so trousers? <laughs> you know, it's just, I don't know. I mean. I think it could be good. I mean, that cast alone. No, it's a, it's a great cast, but then again, every single one of those cast members have proven that they will show up for a check. That's true. I in suppose. the past, yeah. you know, I mean, we all know they're good actors, mm. but they are good actors who will show up for a check. Yeah. And that's what a lot of people forget about British actors, is that British actors work. Yeah. They're not trying to worry about like what this movie's gonna do for their career. Bill the, Nye the, and I Frankenstein, for the, example. I mean, no, the way the way British the, the British actor's mentality and the American actor's mentality is very different. The American actor's mentality is like, what will this do for my career? The British actor mentality is, gotta work. Yeah. What will this do for my patio? Yes. <laughs> Another cool trailer that dropped, and I didn't realize. Did you see this trailer for the HBO series Show Me a Hero? Uh, no, I did not. I did not. You get halfway through this, you're thinking like. Fuck me, this looks like The Wire. And then it pops up from the creator, from the creator of The, the wire. wire. Yeah. And also, apparently, in Hollywood now, on HBO and in movies, legally, you have to have Oscar Isaac in your movie, apparently. Yep. Um, so this is basically about uh, the New York mayor who has to kind of bring in, well, not just the New York mayor, because obviously it's like The Wire, multiple people. Yeah. Um, across multiple social divides. Um, who brought in the idea of like non-segregated housing. Mm -hmm. They're moving poor black people into a, a rich white area. Like developing low-cost housing and stuff like that, mm -hmm. and dealing with the fallout of that, which is just like so in his wheelhouse. Mm -hmm. And it looks like the it looks like the wire. Yep. And then what's his name? The old black dude who was part of the McNulty's crew. Not the one from Lost. Not Lance. Uh, the other guy. I know the guy you mean. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like uh, he turns up, and you're like, ah, this is definitely this is like this is the wire redux. And it's directed by Paul Haggis. Yeah. Yep. So it looks really fucking slick and really looking cool, and you know HBO, so. Yes. Did you see the trailer for No Escape with uh, Owen Wilson and Pierce Brosnan? I did. A I saw this. Is, a, is this a new one or I saw one a while ago? Yeah, yeah. It's coming out pretty soon. Mm. Uh, I mean, basically, you know, it's it's every expat's nightmare. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I'm, I'm caught in a kind of insurgency in my holiday. Hmm. <laughs> I mean, Owen Wilson and uh, his wife, played by Lake Bell, and his and his daughter, you know, they relocate to Asia. He's an expat. Yeah. Living it up. Pierce Brosnan's there, and you know, Pierce Brosnan, you're like, you're gonna love it here, man. Yeah. Know, whatever. You know, I'm, 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 you know, he's not playing Australian. Wilson is the it. fresh meat. Uh, that's right. Pierce that's Brosnan right. is me. And it's very clearly Thailand. <laughs> yeah. And uh, there, it's in the middle of a civil war, basically civil unrest. Um, Shit gets real, real. It, it looks very intense, mm. but uh, from what I can, what I understand from all the reviews is that um, as far as an action movie is concerned, it delivers. Oh, really? But as far as being a political commentary, it's not. It's incredibly offensive. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, it's not even. It's not. It's offensive. Like no, no, that that that's what the reviews tend to say. Is like as an action movie, it delivers. So it's, it's more like Asians be crazy. Yeah, it's like it's the the xenophobia is offensive. Is <laughs> oh, rampant. Yeah. Fuck. So like all good. Asians are barbarians. They will kill you. Yeah. You know, and get your pretty, and, and you get your pretty blonde wife out of there. And you watch the trailer, and it's really just like these white people, like we gotta get home. Yeah, oh, I miss, I miss home. And it's this, Asian, this place, this place it's sucks. It's hordes of Asians as zombies, yeah. essentially just running at them with fucking parangs and cleavers and shit, mm. machetes. Did you well. see the trailer for um, Scout's Guide to the Zombie Apocalypse? Yeah. So this is, I just saw this this morning. It's been a triumvirate of like, get ready for Halloween movies. Yeah. 
So this was one of them was uh, the Scout's Guide to Zombie Apocalypse, which looks like basically Shaun of the Dead, but with Scouts. Very much so. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. But it does look fun. It does look fun. Um, did you see the Red Band trailer? I don't, I'm not sure. I think, I think so, yes, because uh, the, the stripper titties, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. It was pretty funny. It is pretty funny. Yeah. I mean, it's too, I mean, it's, it's kind of super bad meets um, Shaun of the Dead. Superbad meets Moonrise Kingdom meets <laughs> Shaun of the Dead. Yeah, because they're in those scout outfits. Yeah, yeah. They hook up with the, the waitress. That's the stripper. only connection to Moonrise Kingdom is that they're in scout outfits. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but there is there's no, there's no perfectly symmetrical shots or no. anything like that. But it does look, it looks fun. Yeah, and uh, some of the, you know they they basically tool up and go hardcore on the zombie masses, which is nice. Yeah, um, that was one of the triumvirate I saw. Another one was a movie called uh, it was a shit trailer called Lumberjack Man, which also stars Michael Madsen. Oh, so Michael Madsen says nothing, I think, in the Hateful Eight trailer. Yeah, in this trailer, he's overacting repeatedly. It's like those woods are haunted by the dead. <laughs> Michael Madsen is just one of those weird actors. Is like he can be really good, yeah, but he can be really bad, yeah. And this looks like I mean, this looks like him being bad and having fun with it. You know, I mean, ever since he turned up in Celebrity Big Brother UK wearing a Star Spangled oh, shirt. Oh fuck yeah! You know, I, I mean, e ever since he did that, it's just kind of like, dude, this guy needs money. I think that's what you call a career nadir, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's like your lowest. That's uh, when you're on Big Brother. It's like that's barrel scraping. Yep. Yep. And then you get th back th into a Tarantino movie. Tarantino's watching Big Brother, going like. That reminds me of a funny interview I saw with James Vanderbeek. Oh, God. It, and it wasn't too long ago, either. I think he was on Jimmy Kimmel, or I think it was on Jimmy Fallon, actually. Right. And, One um, of the Jimmys. And they were talking about Dances with the Stars. Mm. And uh, James Vanderbeek is like, I actually did get a call asking if I'd like to do Dances with the Stars. And I was like, yeah, that's a bit of a wake-up call. <laughs> <laughs> he hung up and instantly called his agent. Yeah, I need to call my agent. Get me anything. Get anything. Call everyone. <laughs> Do I look like Chaz Bono? <laughs> but Lumberjack Man is basically a load of horny kids going to a god camp and pissing off a spooky lumberjack. And it looks awful. But one that looked better was called Final Girls. The Final Girls? Yeah, I heard, heard about this. Trailer? I heard about this. It's supposed to be pretty good. It looks quite funny in a very, very self-referential way. It's uh, a girl whose mother was it's, in this horror movie. It's like, it's like a scream for a new generation. In a way, yeah. So this mother, this girl whose mother was in, in a scream movie, a horror movie in the 70s or 80s or whatever now it is. A, a typical one. Um, but her mother died for some reason. Mm -hmm. And so her only way, of, on her anniversary of her death, she goes, it's around Halloween, she watches the horror movie. Mm -hmm. There's a fire in the cinema... They try to go out through the screen. They end up in the movie. Oh. So, like, there's points where they're stepping over. Like, this, at one point, the, all the color bleeds out of the screen. And I can't remember the actress. So she does look familiar from something else. All the color starts bleeding out of the scene. And they're like, what's going on? I see black and white. Am I having a stroke? And someone says, no, wait. It's a flashback. <laughs> and there's a point where they're stepping over the letters that say, like, Camp Crystal Lake two years before. Right. And there is the killer. And they know, they know the rules. So it's like, all we got to do is find the final girl. There's always the final girl. We find her, and we stick with her until she kills the monster. When the film ends, maybe we'll be able to get out of here. Right. So she's able to spend time with her mother, who dies early in this film. And they say that bit about staying with the final girl. And then instantly, the final girl pulls off in a Trans Am and smashes into a tree and dies. Fuck. <laughs> so, but it does, it, it's a, it looks like an interesting spin on it, and it looks like fun. It genuinely looks like the jokes seem to land, and it looks like what well, could be an awful idea done well um speaking of uh, the complete flip side of horror mm -hmm. did you see the uh, trailer for the witch yeah i mean i think i got burned on this a little bit by all the headlines saying like 
the incredibly scary trailer for The Witch. Yeah, I didn't find it scary. Yeah. I, I mean, I found it creepy. It was creepy, yeah. but I didn't find it scary. But, if, if, but, but if, it looks like it looks like it's scary. The, yeah. mo- the movie looks scary. If I'd had the balls to sit down and watch A Field in England, I would be able to compare it to that. Because it seems to have that similar vibe of just that low-level awfulness. But I still haven't been able to bring myself to watch that movie. Because Kill List fucked me up so bad. I didn't want to... I've heard A Field in England is worse. Have <laughs> like, you... <laughs> like in a good you know what I mean it's worse in a fuck you up kind of way it just kind of I just I, you know like after watching The Descent The Descent kind of like altered my brain in terms of like what I what I want to see in a horror movie you yeah know? it's like I, like I want that kind of like jump scare you know where you you just scream and you jump and you, you pull the couch out so you can get behind it and hide that's what happened to me yeah yeah but this witch I mean it does look there's a lot of freaky shit going on in this trailer babies getting kidnapped it's very much like um what do they call them? The kind of the pioneers, right? It's yeah. like they claim this land, and there's a reason why no one else has claimed this land. Yeah. And a lot of moody colors and scary looking dad, and and that bit where she's like playing like the peekaboo with the kid, and, and then, then it's just gone. It's just gone. Like that. That was that was pretty cool. And there's some freaky Blair Witch style framing shit going yeah, on as yeah, well. Yeah. It does look pretty cool. Did you see the uh, trailer for Trumbo? Yes, Brian Cranston. This looks pretty cool. This looks very really good. This is a blacklist script, wasn't it? Yes. Which. Yes. It would have to be because it's about Hollywood loves looking at itself, yeah, like staring itself square in the navel, yeah. Um, and it's about a a writer who was blacklisted. Dalton Trumbo. Yeah, because he wouldn't. It wasn't that he was a communist; that he was like, stop asking these fucking questions. Yeah, he he was he was basically blacklisted for his so-called political beliefs. Mm. Yeah. And there's a great there's there's some great shots during the like McCarthyite trials. Yeah. There's a shot of that, and it looks like it's off film. Yeah. Like the color is really boosted and Brian Cranston looks so era appropriate. Yeah. And like it shows him in older years and apparently they all kind of... Louis C.K. is in this is looking really serious as well. Yeah. Good little actor suit, Louis C.K. Um, there's a guy playing Kirk Douglas who I don't know. Like it's... Yeah. I mean, they do, they do go a little bit into too much of showing what happens later. Yeah. I mean, the interesting thing is that um, uh, Brian Cranston was originally supposed to direct this. Really? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was supposed to be his directorial debut and I have no idea why he... <coughs> Like if something happened, I mean, like I mean, it clearly wasn't a bad thing because yeah. he's in it. It's not because he was busy with Godzilla too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but with the trailer going on too far, did you see the? Tra- there was a trailer for Bridge of Spies when I went to the cinema. I, I I I only saw the first trailer. I yeah. haven't seen any new ones. I hadn't seen any trailers. I saw this trailer and I scoured the internet looking for the same trailer. Yeah. And I can't seem to find it because the trailers online. St- all seem to have the U2 getting shot down very early in it. Yeah, yeah. Whereas this trailer I saw made it look like he's defending a communist spy from the off. Right. And it looks like, ah, I'm a stat too, the 60s years. Mm. And, you know, there's a whole load of the, like, uh, he's defending, he's been called up to defend this communist spy caught in America in the height of the Red Peril. Um, he's getting a lot of shit for defending, you know, people are like, but just hang the fucker straight off. It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you know, every man deserves his day in court. Day in court, yeah. And then... That trailer, I think it's a much better trailer. Then, once you've settled into, oh, Steven Spielberg, courtroom drama, then it brings up the U.S. airmen getting captured by the Russians and then selecting him to go over and negotiate right. so they can do a prisoner swap. Yeah. And that was a way more effective tra- trailer because I had no clue what I was watching. I was like, courtroom drama? Holy shit, Tom H- older Tom Hanks is running around East Berlin trying to get the fuck out yeah. and trying to do this deal and trying not to get killed by the yeah, KGB yeah. and all this kind of no, stuff. No, that's the trailer I saw. That oh. was the first trailer. Okay, I couldn't. Trailer number one, all the ones I saw, it started with the U2 getting shot out of the air. I couldn't find the same trailer. All right. Yeah, it's weird. It no, does look it, cool. It though. looks cool. Yeah. It looks cool. It looks like Tom Hanks' best role in a long time. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Apart from the Kylie Ray Jepsen video. Which I haven't seen yet. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, still more trailers to go. Uh, there was a trailer for Victor Frankenstein came out. I uh, <coughs> I missed this one. Okay, so the US one looked a bit weird because obviously Daniel Radcliffe is Harry Potter's playing Igor. Yeah. And there ain't no hump. Yeah. But the UK version shows he had a hump. Right. And Victor Frankenstein with his science mad scientist ways figured out a, a brace so he could stand up straight. Right. Which adds a nice element. Like It's a friendship. It's not like this monster. It's not a master-slave thing. It's like they're two buds. He helped him out with getting his back straight, and so he's going to help him out with his scientific stuff. Yeah. And like they reanimate some horrible-looking monkey creature at some point, and McAvoy is eating the chew. He's just demolishing the scenery, and it looks it looks like an interesting take on another it. another Max Landis script. Yeah, yeah. It looks like a nice reinvention. Hmm. Um, weird one. I wanted to, I want to do a mashup of this. There was another trailer for Gem and the Holograms, which introduced Synergy. I refuse to watch any trailers for this. So it had the, the previous trailer's garbage. Like, I, wa like, I was excited about this when they announced it. Yeah. And then after some descriptions of the, the first trailer, I'm like, fuck that. Hmm. Well, so we're just doing Indie Girl Band the movie. Mm -hmm. But this trailer introduced the robot. And the scene they do that in looks like a horror movie. Like the girl, It's all the, like, the girls getting together, getting popular. And then like the little robot comes to life under some blankets. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted to cut to the thing jumping out and just eating their faces. Because it looks, it's shot really weird like a horror movie, that one scene. Mm -hmm. And Synergy is a little small round robot little motherfucker. Looks like Marvin the Martian, but on wheels that shows projections of her family. Mm -hmm. Whether that will finally pay into the actual gem, what the fucking gem in the holograms is actually about, we don't know. Right. But it doesn't look like it. It still looks like this is going to be, this is going to be ass. Gem in the ass. Ah, there's been a slew of movies. Oh, there was... I'll mention this again. I should really stop pu pu uh, publicizing other podcasts, but they get access to people we don't. Right. Uh, the Nerdist had a lovely podcast with Bobcat Goldthwait. Mm -hmm. um, because it turned out that the day they interviewed him, they're talking about just, you know, he directed a lot of episodes of uh, Jimmy Kimmel or Jimmy Fallon and stuff like that and did a lot of shit that you shouldn't have done and pissed off the suits and stuff like that. Cool for that side of things, but also it happened to be the day that Robin Williams died and they were friends. Right, yeah. And it's a really sweet just talking about Robin Williams and like their relationship and how they would, how they would fuck with each other. Mm -hmm. And how, like, there's one story he tells of someone, he's telling a joke and some woman does not like it at all and she gets up to leave. And then Robin was in the club. So he waited until she left. And then he, when he finished his act, he said, like, Robin, could you come up for a bit? And then he got Robin to do some stand up. And then when his stand up was over, he went to the girl, the woman's friends, and said, Could you call her and just tell her she missed, like, Robin Williams doing a two hour set? <laughs> but apparently Robin Williams put some money into this movie that or puts a, a lot of interest in this movie he's doing about um, a guy who was abused as a child and then tried to shine a light on this happening for other people and they didn't no one really listen to him so he kind of pushed it himself and he had the actual guy who was abused who worked with him on the movie right um, and it was I gave it to dark very dark material but it was very much I mean Bobcat Goldthwait directed World's the, Greatest World's Greatest Dad it's very much of a piece with that Right. So it was interesting hearing about that, and then this trailer for Boulevard came out. He also, direct, he also directed God Bless America. Yeah. Which was also very good. Mm. Yeah. But this trailer for Boulevard came out with uh, Robin Williams. Yeah, 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 I saw so that. this is like midlife crisis man. Yeah, yeah. Fucks up with a young guy, decide, discovers another side of his personality. It's very much in keeping with what Robin Williams is doing. Yeah. Um, it just, it's annoying me that the title on YouTube is Robin, you know, the Boulevard with Robin Williams. They're kind of playing off of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he is no, in, the, in, no, in, in, he's in, in nearly every scene. So yeah, no. In in the trailer, it is like you know, like featuring Robin Williams in his final dramatic performance. Yeah. and it was just like, come uh, on, don't do that. 
Also, wasn't his final dramatic form performance playing the dog in Absolutely Everything? Is that a dramatic performance? I don't know. Uh, lastly, then, for trailers, is a trailer for Life starring Robert C Pattinson as a photographer and Dane DeHaan as James Dean. Dane DeHaan from Chronicle and Amazing Spider-Man. Wouldn't James, pa wouldn't Robert Pattinson be a better James Dean? That's what I was saying. Like <laughs> Dane DeHaan ends up looking like uh, Truman Capote in a wig. <laughs> it looks really, really odd, but it's it's getting like it has all those five stars from Empire kind of shit on the yeah, on the, yeah, on yeah, the yeah, poster. Yeah. It's just like I mean, they, if he's a good actor if he can act past that. Fair dues to him. Yeah. But uh, it does look really weird. And also Ben Kingsley's in this, although again he doesn't turn up for anything. Again, English actor, so not a. Once I, you're in the love guru, I mean, all bets yeah, are off. Exactly. You know? When you're pouring boiling water into your ear from a kettle, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's all, all bets are off. Oh, what is it you can't face? <laughs> what? What is it you can't face? <laughs> <laughs> so fucked up. Moving on to cool stuff. You had it there. You're going to do it. The uh, the funk up. Was it the funk? No, it's the pop up. The up, 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 up. Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. What are they called? The uh, Funkos. No, they are Funkos. Yes. But they're not Funko Pops. They're the, they're the stretch ones. Vi uh, Funko Vinyl. Funko Vinyl, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, the Yvonne Craig one there is pretty fucking badass. Yep. With uh, Cesar Ramirez as Joker, Burt Ward as Robin, and Adam West as Batman. So if you've seen the super deformed Funko Pop ones, these are like the stretchier normal size version. And they all have insanely awesome boogie eyes. Yeah, I mean, I did I did have like the first wave on order, and then I canceled the order. Oh, really? Yeah, I was just like, nah, I'm, I'm over it. Yeah. But um, it, I'm hitting the brakes on toys yeah. and, and posters. I didn't notice it at first, but I saw it on another blog mention the fact that um, the Cesar Romero one actually has his painted over tash on yeah, it as yeah, well, yeah, 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 which yeah, is a lovely yeah. touch. I did not see that as a, for, de for decades yeah. growing up watching that show. Yeah, no, neither did I. I never neither saw the I. mustache. It's only like as an adult, I'm like, oh shit. He's got a mustache under the paint. He's got a mustache under the paint. No, there's... They're doing really cool stuff. I mean, like uh, Funko Vinyl also, um, like Vinyl Sugar. Hmm. Vinyl Sugar, I think is what they're called. Yeah. Um, they're, uh, they, 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 they Twitter also, avatar is, is Ziggy Stardust, which looks awesome. Yeah. But they also have um, a line of uh, Seinfeld toys, oh. which are very cool. Nice. Like, not the main characters, the supporting characters. Oh. So they've got the Soup Nazi. Yeah. They've got Newman. <laughs> you know, they got Kramer. Like, Kramer's the only one. That, really? They yeah. don't have the other? They don't the original have, rights would be too I, much I, to pay well, for. Well, or something well like. I guess, I guess, like, they might introduce them later. Mm. But those are very cool. Okay. Um, the other cool stuff, the Back to the Future 30th anniversary uh, cavalcade rolls on with Back to the Future Monopoly. <laughs> so instead of arguing over who gets to be the hat and who gets to be the boot and who gets to be the little dog or the race car, everyone wants to be the race car, right? No one wants to be the iron, right? In Monopoly? Yeah. So now you've got um, a hoverboard, the DeLorean. Everyone will want to be the DeLorean. Yeah, so like for Seinfeld, you get Jay Peterman, you get Putty, you get... Frank Costanza, you get the Soup Nazi, and you get Newman. Nice. The Soup Nazi is awesome. <laughs> I'll put a link to this in the show notes. Yes! <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> With the fucking ladle. <laughs> <laughs> no soup for you! <laughs> uh, they've got Marty's hat from Back to the Future 3, and uh, one of the Nike boots in the clock tower, and actually Einstein as well. I can't. The pictures, you can't see what's on the board, but it looks like a standard Monopoly board. <laughs> nice. <laughs> they've, all got the same, they've all got the same bug eyes. Yeah. Which are classic. Yeah. Um, another cool thing that popped up is that you can now, well, if you live in the US and you live within a certain location, you can get Game of Thrones beer. Okay. Yeah. So they, um, it's a Game of Thrones inspired release. So it's the Iron Throne Blonde Ale and Take the Black Stout. Oh, Jesus. 
Um, so the Iron Throne Blonde Ale is a slightly haze and golden amber hue. The head is full and fluffy. Finishes crisp, backed by a touch of spice and hops. 6.5% uh, alcohol by volume. Take the Black Stout is deep black in hue with a full tan head. Aromas include chocolate, caramel malt, earthy hops, and passion fruit wheat. And they'll come, but it comes in an awesome set. You get glasses with our Game of Thrones on. It's French poetry. Yes. <laughs> I think that's the episode title right there. I have sucked a thousand cocks. <laughs> what? Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. What else you got? Cool stuff. Yeah, that's it. No. Um, there was another cool thing. Uh, I didn't realize this website, thebobsburgerexperiment.com. Oh, this I guy has been choosing. Um, it, the, if you don't know, every episode of Bob's Burgers, there's always a gag about the, po the the burger of the day. So these guys have been making them and trying them out. Usually, there's a lot of kale involved. Like, was it uh, a view to a kale? Would be like a sample of what they would put together, and it's always got kale in it. Right. So these guys have been man making these, and now they're bringing out a cookbook that'll come out in March. They've worked with the, the creator of Bob's Burgers and uh, you know and the, and the studio, and they're going to bring out a Bob's Burgers cookbook. Oh. so you can make all the burgers from the show. Excellent. Better get the kale in. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So before we do our emails, we should say that our competition and our show is brought to you by greenroom136.com. So they're giving us two pocketbook slims emblazoned with uh, the Man of Steel mm -hmm. in a very cool uh, print that looks like the bedspread I used to have when I was a kid. Yeah. No, it's uh, what I like about it. It's, it's the old school Superman. Yeah. It's not... It's not like the new one. It's it's the old school one. There was actually another thing I didn't mention, but io9 have a few. Some, on Flickr, someone's put up the 1980s uh, DC style guide. Uh -huh. And it's basically just beautiful pictures of all the, the all the DC characters so that the before the days of the internet, this is so artists could use them as reference. Right. Like, you know, it has Supergirl in her awesome 80s headband. It has like Bruce Wayne and Batman together so you can get the style right. You know, I think a lot of it is George Perez art. Right, right. And right. It's just, they're just cool looking. Yeah. So, um, so the competition. The competition question is: um, There have been a lot of actor director, fam uh, famous actor director uh, team ups. People, you know, actors and directors who like to work together over and over: Johnny Depp and uh, Tim Burton, Leonardo DiCaprio and Martin Scorsese. So, uh, with Ant Man, uh, Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd is known for working with directors like um, Adam McKay and uh, Judd Apatow multiple times. But uh, something that uh, some of you may not know is that Paul Rudd is also, maybe not so much now that, he, that, he's, that he's a movie star, but back in the day, Paul Rudd was also an accomplished theater actor. He did a lot of theater. And he had a similar relationship with a theater director. Um, this theater director was also a critically acclaimed playwright. And in one of the introductions to his uh, collected editions, this playwright even went so far as to call Paul Rudd his mouthpiece. Not his muse. Not his, not his muse. <laughs> but the same, but uh, Richard Curtis also said the same thing about Hugh Grant, yeah. that Hugh Grant is my cinematic mouthpiece. Mm. Uh, so name that playwright slash director. Yeah. Right. Send your answers in to podcast at mcgettenfries.com and we will have the winner announced on next, winners announced on next week's show because we've got two of those bitches to give away. Yep. Getting into emails. Right. Our first email comes in from Cheryl Lynn. Mm -hmm. Hi, Gavin and Ian. What's the most confusing movie you've ever watched? Lost Highway. <laughs> 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 and, and, I, and I say that 
Loving David Lynch. Loving David Lynch and loving Lost Highway. Yeah. I love Lost Highway. Like, I, went, I, like, I remember. I remember. I was in college in the states when that came. I went to see it on opening day, and I and I went on a date. I mean, I, I brought this. I brought this. Uh, this this girl with me. I, I think her name was Lauren. You brought a date to a David Lynch movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I went out. I, How I, high were you? I br- I was pretty high. <laughs> I was pretty high, and uh, I, I brought this girl. Uh, I think I think her name was either Laura or Lauren. I think it's Lauren. I'm leaning towards Lauren. So we can go and see The Lion King, or we can go and see Lost Highway. As far as I, <laughs> as far as I was concerned, there was no other movie showing that. <laughs> you know, if she didn't want to go, I would have gone on my own. You know, mm. I mean, um, but I remember I went to see it. I remember I went to see it, and I knew I liked it because I like you know. I mean, if you like David Lynch, you'll like it. Yeah, you'll like his movies. But for the life of me, I had no fucking idea at any given. Po- I had no idea what was going on, and I and I saw it again about five years ago, and I still have no fucking idea what's yeah. going on. I mean, visually, it's incredibly stylish. Yeah. You know that it's got something to do with, you know, it might have something to do with reincarnation. It might have something to do with parallel worlds. <laughs> Who was the actor who goes into prison? It's uh, Bill Pullman. No, he comes out. Or is it Bill Pullman comes, goes in and someone else comes out? Yeah, Balthazar Getty. Balthazar Getty comes out, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And even, the, sure, po- even the police in the film, are con- the sheriff is confused about this. Yeah. It's not yeah. like it's another story. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, the characters don't know what's going yes. on. Yes. You know? And the way that it ends, I remember, I'll never forget this, when it ends, <laughs> when the movie ended and the credits came up, the guy in the, in the row behind me went, the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> like, really loud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And people started laughing, you know, because it's like everyone, he said what we were all thinking. Yeah. But it was one of those weird things where it's like, even though I have no clue what just happened, I like this movie. Yeah. And Lauren hated it. If I, you know, I think I think for like the first hour after the movie, she's like, it "Was cool." Yeah. It was cool. And then like later, you just realize that she hated the whole fucking thing. I think for me, it was Mulholland Drive because I think I saw Mulholland Drive before I saw Lost Highway, mm-hmm. and I saw that in the cinema, and that was like, "What the fuck? What happened, what happened when they went to the box? Did we go into the box? Who's in the box? What's in, where's where's the midget gun? What the fuck's going on here? Yeah. Is she dead? Are we all dead? Yeah. Why is that girl singing? <laughs> the, the other one was the th- was the, the thin red line because it's like sure it's pretty but what the fuck is going on? The the thin red line I mean is the thin red line is not a difficult movie to understand. Actually, none of Terrence Malick's movies are difficult to understand. They're difficult to sit through. Yeah, because the way he doesn't pace films the way movies should be paced. Yeah, but no, confusing as in who's the main character in this fucking movie? It doesn't matter. But it's confusing that way though. Yeah, you know, but it doesn't matter. That, you see, that's the whole thing with Terrence yeah. Malick movies. It doesn't. But matter. you only realize that upon reflection. The time yeah. like. Why did Woody Harrelson... Is, why was he in this for 35 seconds? Well, he, he... Actually, he was in it for a minute and a half. I think it was John Travolta was in it for 35 seconds. No. George Clooney. George Clooney was in it for 35 seconds. Well, I mean, that's the way it is with Terrence Malick. I mean, yeah. like, Adrian Brody was in it for 30 seconds. And he's the main character and in he's the book. The, and he's the main character. Like, he was completely cut out. Yeah. And he didn't find out till the red carpet. Yeah. <laughs> that's an awkward interview. Yeah. You know, so, yeah, I mean, th- 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 there are, like, other movies, I suppose. But the main movie that pops into mind for me is Lost Highway. Yeah. Email two. Uh, okay, so we got a lot from Jeff. You know my friend American Jeff? Oh, yes. We have a good few from Jeff. Jeff went on a spree. <laughs> so first of all, Jeff said, please explain the role of cheese in cinema. <laughs> well, it's the cornerstone around which the Wallace and Gromit movies are built around. For a start. Yep. Um, also, I know, I know it's TV, but like, Nazis are keen. It's not cheese. Like, Alex knows it's a keen. It's like, no, I mean, like, whenever I think of cheese, I think of men at work kind of work it's just i know it has no zero connection it's just that whole thing where they're st- where they're doing a stakeout 
And Charlie Sheen and Emilio Estevez asked Chief David, Yeah, I'm hungry. Should I get pizza? Yeah, pepperoni, extra cheese. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, every movie with a pizza in it. Turtles. Turtles. Wouldn't be turtles without pizza, without would, cheese. Would you like, do you like penicillin on your pizza? Do, do, do. <laughs> What's that? That's the first Ninja Turtles movie. It's been a long time since I watched that. I, I didn't get the nostalgia vibe to watch it again, the new ones. I still, I still think the role of it is the Walton Gromit movies. Without them, there would be no more cheese, Gromit. Yep. Would be nothing. Uh, email three. What is the influence of Weltschmerz in Marvel Comics movies? So Weltschmerz is a feeling, I'll look this up. It's a feeling of melancholy and world weariness. Well, Spider-Man 3 right there, isn't it? Venom is Weltschmerz. <laughs> You need the you need, what's the word again? <laughs> Weltschmerz. You need Weltschmerz in these movies to create tension and drama. Yeah, I mean the Sandman again, Spider-Man three. Sandman is Weltschmerz. Yes. He's world weary. Yes. He is melancholic. I mean you. He's also made out of sand. I mean the thing about the Marvel movies is that you are you mo more times than not pitting idealism versus world weariness. Yeah. And so that and there is no conflict. Be without that, because yeah. the Marvel movies are light as a feather. Yeah. So without without the Welsh Welshmerts, yeah, there's no drama. Yeah. And in the in the in the Marvel Studios movie, the influence of Welshmerts is Captain America's character in the third act, mm -hmm. when the Chitauri are attacking. Yeah. He's fucking melancholic and world weary as fuck. Yeah. Because he's the super so soldier and he ain't he ain't he's getting tired. Mm -hmm. Same in Ultron. He's getting worn down like he's the one you see when you see him looking tired you're like oh this no. could go either way yeah and you gotta have that bit so that their eventual triumph is a triumph that's right wow we pulled that one out of the bag <laughs> i'm still wiping my ass from like from fucking pulling it out <laughs> okay we might have more difficulty with these next ones what is what role will the illuminati continue to play <laughs> in the entertainment industry and in the control of societies worldwide the dissemination of american cultural Hegemony. Find out next summer when Inferno is released. <laughs> What's Inferno? The new Dan Brown adaptation. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Illuminati will continue to be something they prop up in these movies as a scary bad guy to hide the fact that they're really controlling us all. That's right. Because, yeah. you know, it's a lot safer to blame the Illuminati than it is the Catholic Church. Yes. Yes. Or the lizard people who rule all our lives. But everyone knows they're the same thing. Yes. And the British royal family. And Donald Trump apparently seems in on it. Donald Trump, Jesus. <laughs> we were supposed to answer in 12 syllables or less, but fuck you, Jeff. Finally, <laughs> what is the meaning of the number six in French cinema? Sex. Sex. <laughs> that's it. It's, you, you know, but, I mean, that's, growing up in the 80s, French cinema was, you know, a byword for going to watch a porn movie. Right? That's it. You're going to see a hot chick have a bath at some point and smoke. Mm -hmm. That's it. Number six. Boom. If you want to send us any ludicrous questions, you can email them in at podcast at mcgettonfries.com. There you go. There you go. Moving on to the Ian Heavy section of the podcast. You're going to get comfortable now, Gavin? Yep. I'm going to check my messages. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, first off, we've got Guy Ritchie's The Man from Uncle. Did you ever see this show as a kid? I saw bits of it with James Coburn. No. No, 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 no. Um, Robert, Robert Vaughn. Vaughn. Yeah, Robert that's right. Vaughn and uh, the blonde guy from the Invisible, the Gemini Man. Yeah, yeah, James Coburn was in like Flint. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Who's the blonde guy? Um, David McCallum. Which they've actually, if you watch NCIS, they've done a lot of kind of nods to Uncle. There's like the man from 
Auntie or something like that, mm-hmm. which is an episode title. So for those of you who don't know, this show was in the US version of James Bond, essentially. And I didn't realize so recently, Ian Fleming actually consulted on this when they were in the development stages. Oh, right. And it was supposed to be called A Man Called Solo. It was originally supposed to be all about Robert Vaughn's character. Yeah. And they brought in this blonde, dashing Russian agent to work together. And it's basically like, yeah, the Cold War may be going on, but they work together to take out these threats that will destroy everything. And there was a couple of things in those that don't appear in the movie. Like they had pen communicators before mobile phones. Mm-hmm. They had a very specific gun. Mm-hmm. And they had these weird upside down triangle badges they would wear in their center. And they would, of course, remind called Waverly. And, you know, they had Robert Vaughn just doing Robert Vaughn. Yeah. So this stars Henry Cavill and Army Hammer. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's basically the same way they've done every reboot. It's basically the prequel. Yeah. So uh, Henry Cavill is Napoleon Solo, CIA, hot, hot, hot shot CIA agent. Uh, Ilya Cur- uh, Army Hammer is Ilya Kuryakin, uh, KGB Rage Monster. And um, basically, they've, the, the, the show the movie starts with the two of them against each other trying to capture this girl right. in East Berlin. Mm-hmm. And you know, then it turns out they've got to work together because someone's found a way to make uranium really quick, which could totally destabilize the Cold War. And so the Russians, the bosses have put them together, even though they hate each other, yeah. to try and solve it. Mm-hmm. Um, did you, I showed you some of the red letter media uh, Mr. Plinkett reviews, right? Yeah. Those, those ones that are yeah, longer yeah, yeah. than the movies themselves. Yeah. He did a great one on Star Trek talking about how the new Star Trek movies, they amp up the characters. Mm-hmm. Like Kirk is a super dickhead. Yeah, Spock is again, instead of being halfway between you know human and and, and and coldly emotional, he's just like constantly fighting with his feelings, and everyone runs everywhere all the time. Yeah, they've taken the same approach with this in that they've made Napoleon Solo. He was actually an art thief, right? Who the CIA drafted so he wouldn't go to jail, right? And Ilya Kuryakin is basically the same kind of thing. He's drafted by the KGB because his parents were like political dissidents, and he's just got this insane rage. So right. you've got to try this coolest cucumber guy and this rage monster working together yeah. to try and pull this stuff off. This is the next step in the evolution of Guy Ritchie. He's leveled up. Yeah. This is slick, funny, sparkling. It pops. It looks beautiful. The soundtrack's amazing. Mm-hmm. They picked. I've the heard about that actually. I mean, I've I've heard that the soundtrack is amazing. I didn't realize until after it's well after I'd seen it and written a review about it that um, some of the music, the OST is is modern. Right. But it's written as if it was set back then. Yeah. But the, the, the choices they make for the songs in the period, they're not ones you've heard before. There's some Roberta Flack in there and Nina Simone, and they're not the songs you know. But it works, so it seems fresh, right? Yeah. Because we've all seen Bond movies, we've all seen Austin Powers. It's that same material, mm-hmm. but done in a nice new way. Mm-hmm. Uh, Richie reins himself in. He hasn't got the kind of uh, visual tics he's had in the, the Snatch movies or even in the, um, the slow-mo shit he had from Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. There are two sequences with... Sp- sp- split screen panels which don't quite work because they're so short you can't take it all in yeah it's not 24 you can't see what's going on yeah but it's really funny really enjoyable there's a beautiful scene where it contrasts the two agents ways of doing things where napoleon solo is essentially having a picnic in a truck while Ilya Kuryakin is out in a boat fighting hundreds of guys and they're, they're like within 300 feet of each other i mean i i actually i mean like uh you know reviews aside speaking of people who have seen this movie i've yet to hear a bad review yeah and I didn't realize it was, there's a girl in it, I didn't realize it was Alice Vikander, who's from Ex Machina. Yeah, Ex Machina, yeah. And Hugh Grant pops up, and Hugh Grant is fantastic in this. You know, Hugh Grant, I, I mean, like, I will, I'm a, I'm a Hugh Grant, I've always been a fan of Hugh Grant. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, he's, I've always found him charming as shit. Yeah. When he plays bad, he's even better. Yeah. You know, but when he's just, like, being smug. When does he play bad? I mean, like, you know, like, in, when he's playing, like, 
you know, like or, or lovable rogues. Oh, right. You know, like when he's like about a boy or Bridget yeah. Jones when he's playing like a sexy bastard. Yes. He was playing a sexy bastard. He should play a villain in a Marvel movie. He should. He Which should. One? <laughs> he should be, I don't know. He should be dead. Thanos is in love with him. That'd be fucking cool. <laughs> <laughs> but he is also, like, he pops up constantly through this movie and there's a reveal and it's just great. In the wise words of uh, David Cassidy. David Cassidy. I'm just, I'm just a boy standing in the rain in front of a girl. Right? I, I, no, no, I, I, no. That's what she says. Yeah. It's like, I, 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 think, I think I love you. I think I love you. <laughs> and and so, so, so what are you so afraid of? Yeah. Yeah. So that's really, it's really fun. I, it didn't do so well. I mean, it's not, it's not box office poison, but I think it's just, you know, the blockbusters have come and gone. Marketing in this might not have been so good. It's not as fresh in the minds of people as the other things that have come out, like Rogue Nation or uh, Jurassic World. Yeah. But it's definitely well worth, well worth seeing. Yeah. A uh, quick one for Hitman Agent 47. Yeah. So I hear this is shit. It's not dog shit. I mean, it doesn't start well. It does that thing that Dark City did where it has that completely unnecessary introductory voiceover that explains the plot. Right. Whereas if they just started with like the main female character, Hannah, Hannah Ward, where I think her name is, mm-hmm. just started with her and then have ex- find out about the agents and this whole genetic fucking breeding program through her eyes, which you do anyway, mm-hmm. it would have worked. But instead they explain the whole world and it's set up in this really annoying opening right. info dump. Once that's out of the way and I got over my annoyance at that, it actually ends up being like a good Sunday, rainy Sunday movie, Sunday afternoon movie. Right. Zachary Quinto obviously signed up saying, I can curse in this and I'll get the fight. Fuck yeah. Like he's like, fucking get him! Like it's, he gets to have a really meaty role. Every gay man's dream. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Rupert Friend is okay because I mean, Agent 47 is a blank fucking slate. Yeah. There are lots of lovely nods to the video games. The video games, you haven't played them. You're given an area populated by all sorts of characters and you got to kill one of them. And you can, like, you know, strangle guys, dress in their clothes, and try to sneak by. But if you do anything suspicious, the guards will be aware of that. Like, if you're walking around with your machine gun out, they'll, they'll notice that kind of stuff. Right. And there's this, there's actually a scene that, that references that, huh. which is a nice touch. Because he's walking around in a Marine uniform, and he's got a fuck-off huge sniper rifle in his back. He's like, are you okay, buddy? He kills that guy and takes his clothes instead. Right. <laughs> um, there's a scene where he's teaching someone what the whole meaning of an agent is and it's basically just an industrial warehouse just full of littered with traps because when you kill the, the targets in the game you don't have to just fucking shoot them or strangle them you could actually engineer it so you put a bomb on a rope that will drop a casket of wine on him in the wine cellar and he's got to wait till the right moment mm. like that's what the game is all about being sneaky and figuring out the environment, environmental traps there's actually a scene that is all that and it seems to be the most health and safety averse factory in the world there's just death machines everywhere and it's fun so once I got over that initial problem, it turned out to be, it's a fun, dumb B-movie. Right. So if you're in, the, as I said, Sunday afternoon, it's raining, there's nothing else on, it'll be worth a giggle. Mm-hmm. And there is, there's, there's a nice layer of humor to it. Right. <sighs> Inside Out. Okay. So onto Pixar, another big movie. Mm-hmm. This came to Malaysia late. This is supposed to be amazing. Well, go see it soon before the hype train overtakes you, also known as the Juno effect. Right. Um... Yeah, I mean, I, I really, really did enjoy this. They have been incredibly smart with the marketing. Um, the advertising shows you the, the, what the setup is. There's like five characters in your head. There's joy, anger, fear, disgust, and sadness. Right. And they all work a console 
to right. drive you. It's the the knuckles, the numbskulls from the Beano comic. So it's like Meet Dave, but done properly. You, well, I mean, Meet Dave was aliens, right? They weren't. Yeah, but you know, you're still, you know. And like, if Joy's driving, the character's gonna be more happy, whereas Anger will take the, the reins, like fuck everybody. Right. And Anger is that guy from the Daily Show, the older guy, Lewis Black. Yes, and he's perfect. Yeah. Uh, Bill Hader, I think, is fair. I think he's uh-huh. really good as that. Um. So the, the Amy, setup, Amy Poehler's Joy. Amy Poehler's Joy, which is perfect. Who's Min- Mindy Kaling? Uh, Mindy Kaling, uh, I think, is disgust. And it's another girl. I don't recognize the girl who played Sadness because there's a whole thing. It works out. I read that book about. There was a book about. Have you ever watched The Mindy Project? No, I need to. No, I've heard Watch that. it yeah. and tell me that Mindy, Mindy Kaling doesn't remind you of my wife. My wife? <laughs> my wife. <laughs> okay. And that's also like a, a, a joke. Like there's, oh, one, really? there's one character. Who keeps saying my wife? My wife. <laughs> you know, it's like yeah, I've been t- I've been talking to you know I've been talking to, uh, to I can't remember the fem- the the chick's name. It's yeah. like yeah, I've been talking to Jolene. You know, she's finally agreed to be uh, my wife. But I think I can't remember as ideas Inc or something like that. It was a book written by the general manager of Pixar. Right. Um, it was very inspiring with regards to how to manage creative teams. Yeah. And all this kind of stuff. It all kind of felt to shit afterwards when it found when we all found out that Pixar had actually worked with Apple and a couple of other companies to keep wages low for all the engineer computer engineers in California. Right. right. So this whole thing of like we're growing our team and all this kind of crap and we're trying to make them happy and also like, yeah, but you're also keeping them you know in, in forced servitude, you asshole. Right. But throughout that book they're talking about the story team that have a Pixar. They have the story team of like guys who've directed and have a good idea of story and John Lasseter's there and Brad Bird's like that. And they they'll constantly work a story. Like they don't start day one of animation until they're all 100% on board the script is why Pixar movies are generally so good yeah they work it at every angle and they they're really good at working together and not being precious about their ideas yeah throughout that book they talk about just not being able to get this movie to work they just couldn't get it to where they needed to inside out yeah yeah so it's interesting that it came through into a way because it does it they did do research into psychology like they're not quite the five characters who control you but it's a little girl who's having to move to San Francisco. Every movie set in San Francisco these days. Yeah. And I was watching cinema scenes, and the moment he was talking about some other movie, and he said, the moment you see the Golden Great Bridge, you expect Godzilla, the X-Men, and uh, fucking Planet of the Apes to roll by. Yeah. That doesn't happen. But, you know, she goes from some of her happy memories become sad memories, and that happens. But this extemporizes that and shows how that kind of happens within her. Mm-hmm. And then there's kind of an accident that happens, which is very much... It's not puberty, but it's just before that, where the kid starts to be starting to be a bit more acting out and stuff like that. Yeah. And the teenagers start acting out and stuff like that. Because yeah. up until that point, joy's in control. Yeah. When you're a kid, up until a certain point, everything keeps you happy. Yeah. And then after that, things change. And it's all about balance. Right. And there is a third character who is not in any of the publicity materials. And they are fantastic. Right. And it's very clever the way they've left them out. And it's... It is. I really enjoyed it. Um, it's very clever the way I said. Like, it, you could do do this kind of movie, and it would be awful. But they've worked through the, the cleverness of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like sadness. Sometimes you have to be sad. Yeah. And that's Joy's journey. She realizes that sometimes you have to do that. Right. Because she wants everything to be happy all the time. She manages sadness. Yeah. To keep her in a. It's a circle of sadness. You stay here. Um, Richard Kind. You know Richard Kind. Yes, I know Richard Kind. He, I mean, he's basically playing Richard Kind. It's the exact same character Richard Kind always plays. And the moment I heard his voice, I lit up. And beautiful art for that character. And it's just, it really, it really like, brings to life your mind. Like, there's like there's long-term storage for your memories and this stuff. And there's like cleanup crews going out like, yeah, we're never going to need this again. And it's like, oh, here's this chewing gum ad. Send that up to headquarters again. That's always good. So whenever they're trying to remember something in headquarters, 
they hit a button and the visual comes up and this fucking stupid ass fucking chewing gum song keeps coming <laughs> like why does it keep coming up and then the character's like you know because that's yeah, yeah. that's the way your mind works like yeah. they, they realize these things in beautiful ways yeah so that smartness will stay with you afterwards um i really enjoyed it i cool. really thought it was cool and it did have i think it's pixar back on form cool after cars 2 and some other well they're doing cars 3 fuck that noise okay that's the beat <laughs> oh that, that's one thing i meant to mention about agent 47 watching the credits it's like there's some bad digital actors like you know henchmen who get killed and like ragged all over the place and then you see at the end it's ILM. I was like, is this budget ILM? Or is this the B team at ILM that did this shit? Because it looked awful. Probably. So I think Cards 3 will definitely be the C team of fucking Pixar. They're big enough now. Right. I don't think they're still. I mean, those are things that are like, well, we do Cards 3, we get to do another inside out kind of thing. Right. But I think that the plaudits are well earned. Right. And um, who is it plays Sadness? Um, Phyllis Smith. Huh. Huh. Oh, Phyllis Smith. I know her. She's uh, from Bad Teacher. Oh, is she? Yeah, have you seen Bad Teacher? With uh, Cameron Diaz? Yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't enjoy that at all. No, I mean, it, it was all right. What's his name? Uh, Pat J- Oswalt J- Jason Siegel. Oh, no, wait, I'm thinking of, I'm thinking of the other one. You're, you're, you're thinking of um, Bad Adult. Yes. No, uh, Young Adult. Young Adult, yeah. Young Adult, yeah. That was all right. I didn't like it. You didn't like it? No. You didn't made you feel things you weren't you weren't ready for? No, it was just boring. <laughs> um, I would say one thing, though, because the trailers have gotten across, like, the idea of, like, these split characters live in your head and they control your bit. And the, the beautiful, one of the trailers showed the mother and dad. And when you see like the dad's... Cal McLachlan, right? Is the dad. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The dad's characters, like they're the exact same characters. They just all have mustaches. Yeah. And anger is more in control. Right. And the mom's characters are all the same as well, but with glasses and so, a bun. So do you see the, um, the, 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 the people working the parents as well? You see bits of that. Right, right. And there's a beautiful, you know, the, 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 the credits thing is like just random people. Right. And there's some really funny jokes in there I won't spoil. Right. Like, there's a great one about bus drivers, which is fantastic. And right. you have to think about it a bit, but it really works. Right. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's really good. It's just, it's, it sold its ideas so well in the cinema or in the ads that it it doesn't need to take the time it takes to sell the idea up front. Right. But it does, as a piece, it does do that itself. Right. So I felt a little bit like, hurry up and get to the plot. Right. Because it does take about 10 minutes before Inside Out appears on the screen. Okay. So it's a bit slow to get going, but once it's going, it's well worth it. Cool. So very cool. Uh, and uh, second last. <laughs> well, we can we can save one for next week. No, I want to get this out of the way because otherwise it'll be gone. Because it's not a it's not a movie that will like it's it's just out in VOD and people will forget. All right. So what we do in the shadows is um, it's Jermaine Clement, Jermaine from uh, Jermaine and Brit from yep. uh, Flight of the Concords. Yep. And it's a mockumentary about a trio of vampires who invite a. They live in Wellington, obviously, and invite a camera crew into film their uh, lives up leading up to the masquerade ball, this big ball where all the undead get together. Right. And they're all like assholes. Okay. And it had, but it's uh, one of the guys is uh, Taika Waititi. He's one of the, he's, he's writing partner, co director, and he plays like the most foppish kind of like Jane Austen style era vampire. Mm-hmm. And he's one of the newer, like he's one of the more hip ones, but the newer one is like an, a, he's a, a, a Nazi vampire. Right. So they're completely clueless about the common, the modern day. And like there's some great scenes of like uh, Jermaine Clement is basically the, the Vlad. He's kind of the, 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 the Dracula vampire. Right. Like when um, uh, Waititi's character is going around to wake everyone up, mm-hmm. he just opens the door and you just see like on the wall, like it's all velvet red sheets and there's like five babes licking Jermaine Clement. He's like, get out! And he closes the door and he's like, pops up the door and he's like, what is it? 
Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like it's that scene with Keanu Reeves from Dram Stroke is back. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's all that kind of shit. And there's a lot of them like jumping in the air going <laughs> when they get pissed with each other and like arguing over who did the dishes. It's like, it's been five years. You haven't done the dishes yet, man. And they all have these crazy vampire accents. And they end up taking on a new guy and they just it's just them walking around and not being, you know, vampires need to meet chicks, right? Yeah. So they gotta go into nightclubs. Yeah. But they can't go in unless they're invited. Right. <laughs> and no none of the bouncers will invite them in. Right, right, right. <laughs> so it's little gags like that, or there's like, you know, one of them's got a familiar. She's like, You're gonna make me a vampire? And he's like, Yes, but I need you to clean the floors first. And right. there's some goo it's just goofy as fuck. It's it's a little bit uneven, but it maintains style more than uh, Wet Hot American Summer, which I'll talk about next podcast, I think. Oh, you saw it? I saw the movie. Oh, right. Yeah. And then I was watch I watched two episodes of the show, and the show is infinitely, but the movie's awful. <laughs> it's fucking awful. It does not work. It's like in between 2001 and 2014, all these amazing actors involved, they learned comedy. <laughs> right. I'll tell you more about that later. But it is quite funny. There's a certain point where it veers into horror. And those are fucking creepy. Right. You're not expecting that from this mockumentary. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a weird shot of Jermaine Clement's face on a cat, which will stay with me till my dying days. <laughs> like, there's a segment there where it's it really fucked up. There's only two or three three of those, but like it's it's quite enjoyable. Wrist therapy, you know, Murray, mm-hmm. Murray from Flight of the Concords. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is the lead, uh, the head of a, a local group of uh, werewolves. Okay. So and werewolf, what's werewolves? And they're all about like you know, don't don't get angry, don't get angry, don't get angry, and. Because otherwise they'll wolf out. Mm-hmm. So there's a, a nice tension there and there's just goofy shit going on. It's a fun fucking movie. I mean, it got a lot of uh, plaudits for its different style and shit, but yeah. it's good. It's not fantastic. Right. But I really enjoyed it. Rounding off our show. Salvage. Salvage. So again, we're publicizing this because a friend asked us to. <laughs> 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 so again, it'll be diving into your homes this merdeka. <laughs> Diving into your homes this Merdeka. Yeah, so 31st of August, 7 p.m., Sundance TV, Astro HD, Channel 438. It's only 12 minutes long. Yep. Gavin's in it. Yep. Speaking Romanian. Yep. Yep. <laughs> also stars uh, Faisal uh, Dapai, uh-huh. Magad Sharzal, uh, Azman Hassan, Ismail Jamaluddin, Alfred Lowe. Where's Ishmael? I didn't see this in it. Huh? Ish- Ishmael? I yeah, see. I mean, it's a really small part. He was the guy dropping off uh, my fucking... Like uh, my fucking supplies in the bar. Oh, okay. Uh, Don Chiang and Benji Lin. Yeah. Um, Benji just looks pissed the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Um, so this is a, I mean, it's it's stylish as fuck. It is very stylish. That opening shot is pretty fucking badass. Yes. It's yeah. just like rain on a car lit by the lights of the car. And it's, it's a long take. Yeah. There's, no, a it, lot, there's a couple of long takes. It's very nicely shot. And it's essentially about um, a cop who's also a di- you know he's a police diver. Yeah. And um, there's sort of like two stories running parallel to each other. Mm. Uh, the the first story is you someone know, has been killed. Someone has been killed, and their body dumped. It's there's and some you know, like, stuff dumped in the in the water. Yeah, the there, there, there's a body in the lake, and Top uh, Ice character gets there, and they've been trying to. Search the lake. They haven't found anything. And then when Tapai gets there, he's like, some drugs. you know, Tapai's like, you know, how, you know, how many tanks you got left? And yeah. Like, you just got one. I'll fucking go. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and then Benji's like, but I've been fucking searching. Yeah. And he's like, let him go. And Benji's like, mm. <laughs> and then she gets out of the water going, mm. and then Tapai goes and fucking looks for shit. And then 
in the midst of all this, like running parallel to this story is while he's diving, it's him and his brother on a. It's a flash, you know. It's, the it's, now defunct moon bar. Yeah, the now defunct moon bar, um, and Tapai is meeting his uh, brother at a bar. Yeah, and I play the bartender. Yeah, and his brother is a little bit dodge. Yeah, yeah, and um, in through the conversation between Tapai and Magat. Um, who plays his brother, you kind of get the sense that, you know, one one person chose one road, yeah. the other one chose the other road. So one guy's a cop, you can imagine what the other guy is. Yeah. And it kind of, I mean, to say anything else, we'd give away yeah. like a bunch of stuff. Very much so. um, it's only it, 12 minutes long, we don't want to yeah, ruin it. It's, 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 it's a very stylish film. Yeah. Um, it's well worth your time. Yeah. And it's it's well acted, it's, uh, it's well directed, and it's well produced. Yeah. So take a look this uh, 31st of August at 7 p.m. Sundance Channel, Channel TV. Yeah. And it was shot in two days. Two days. Wow. Yeah. And was all that rain originally in the script? Um, I don't know if it was originally in the script, but none of that rain was real. Oh, really? Yeah. It was all sprayed or? It was, all, it was all artificial rain. Wow. Because it looks very real. I yeah. Thought, I, thought, I thought they just made it rain because it no. was like, it's raining anyway. In the it region. was artificial rain. Cool. Yeah. So definitely check it out. And again, support your local... Yeah. Yeah, man. It, it, I, I will tell you one funny anecdote uh-huh. about it because I speak Romanian in the, in, in, in the fucking movie yeah. and so like um, um, Is studied in Romania so Is actually speaks pretty decent Romanian oh, shit. so he was actually the, uh, the dialect coach he, ah. was, he was the, the Romanian coach wow. and he was the guy who taught me how to um, speak all of my dialogue yeah. and it was really funny like, the longest bit of dialogue I have is basically, I can't remember how to say it now, but basically what I'm saying is is that I'm just going to be around the back. Yes, if you, if, call if, if you need anything. If you need anything, you know, give me a call. And I remember I, like, I think it was the second or third take where I did it. And I, and I thought, yeah, all right, you know, because the whole point of it is that you get comfortable enough so you can speak it at a decent enough click yeah. where you don't, you don't look or sound like you're searching for the words. Yeah. And I remember when I did a take that I was happy with, uh, John, the director, you know, he, he was like, hey, 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 Gavin, you know, like, you, you, you were treating the dialogue like, like, you know, you were treating it like, like it's a hot potato, you know what I mean? Like, you know, you can't, you can't wait to get it out of your mouth. You know, I, I, don't, I don't think that's going to work. We're going to have to go for another one. And then uh, I saw Is like whisper into his ear. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, apparently it was all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it was one of those weird things It's like, Taking direction from someone who has no fucking clue what you're saying. Yes, and how, or even how you're supposed to say it. You know, and it's just like it was one of those bizarre moments. So um, the take that's in the film is the take that. That take. That take. <laughs> there you nice. Go. So that's the end of our show. Again, if you have comments, corrections, or anything, you can send us to podcast at mcgappenfries.com. It's podcast at mcgappenfries.com. You can find more of me on Twitter at uh, McNasty Prime. I also write for The Hyped Geek. Uh, you can find me on Twitter under GavYap. You can find me on Instagram under GavYap77. And you can also pick up my book in select bookstores. Oh. It's called How I Made My First Movie, also known as A Decade of Favors. Hmm. From MPH Publishing. MPH, cool. That's out already. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't know. Uh, <laughs> you know how I found out? At the art show, one of my artists came back from Kino Kunia. With the book? With the book. Oh, fuck. He's like, sign this. I'm like, oh shit, it's out? <laughs> I got a comp copy, right? Yeah, you get a comp copy. 
I mean, I mean, it's out in stores. <laughs> it's out in stores, uh, but uh, select stores. It's out in MPH stores. It's out in Kino Kinea. I don't know about like times. And yeah. shit. I haven't seen it in times. Also, follow me on Instagram, McNasty Prime as well. And if you want to play Xbox, I'm on McNasty Prime as well. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> the official launch for the book, I believe, will be sometime in October. Sweet. Yeah. Very nice. Well done. Thank you. <laughs> nice of you to join us in this podcast, author. Be <laughs> 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 the po- the author Gavin Yap is the title of this show. Yeah. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time. Bye.